0: back to the crypto investors which is not a surprise <laughs> okay so someone is asking about strategies for mitigating crypto gains okay so there are typically six strategies right so the the two that most people will talk about so i'll start with the two that most people will talk about and there are two more that there are some people that push it, but there are so many terms and conditions around it that you may or may not find it restrictive. And then there are two that people talk to us the most about. So six things. Okay. So the first two will be loss harvesting and, and just trying to manage your portfolio to... to Pursue long term capital gains rather than short term capital gains. So, long uh, the latter just makes a lot more sense when you have short term capital gains. That's going to be taxed at ordinary tax rates, right? Which could be what 35, 37% right? But if it is you have longer term capital gains, so more than a year, then you're all the way down to 20 plus the. Uh, Net In investment tax, so let's say 22%, or 22%, 23%. So that, that's, that's a, a huge tax saving on its own. Just try to manage your portfolio to have a situation where you ha- can, if you can, you, you have long term capital gains as opposed to short term capital gains. Loss harvesting. So at this, at this point in time, and it, it may change, so this is one of those strategies that may be out the door soon, uh, loss harvesting. So at this point in time, unlike other securities, you, you can't do this with like Apple or Tesla shares or, or whatever. This is only for crypto at this point because they're not considered securities. They're just considered property, right? It's from a US tax perspective. So at this point in time, you can uh well, it's, it's already too late, but if it is that you were involved in a strategy session with your tax professional at the end of last year, they could have recommended you, okay, if it is that you're up on certain tokens and you're down on certain tokens, you can do something called loss harvesting, which is you just, uh, you convert to, to fiat or you can convert to a stable coin or to maybe Bitcoin. And, then, in a you know just wait a few days and then you can repurchase that same token, so you can just uh, so you can you can, you can maintain that position while realizing uh, that that loss and that that capital loss will be used to offset capital gains and so that that's that that loss harvesting is what what we talk about when we when we we talk about using uh, losses, capital losses to offset capital gains. Right. So those are the two that you know you, you just Google for five minutes and lots of people talk about that. The other two which are really kind of complicated and some I mean, there are there's a lot of discussion around it, but when I speak to clients about it, they and they take a deeper dive into it and we refer them to the to attorneys to walk them through it, they get cool feet and they walk away. And that's the opportunity zones and uh, the charitable remainder trust. So essentially, both are similar in that you you basically take them and you lock them up in a structure, in this case, the opportunity zone, or you just you give it away completely with the charity, charitable remainder trust because it's transferred into a trust. So either way, you don't necessarily have full control of over it, uh, over that portfolio anymore, in, in a way. And, uh, and yeah, you know, with the opportunity zone, it can reduce depending on how long you're willing to leave it in. You can reduce the ultimate tax bill, or in some conditions, it might be eliminated completely. With the charitable remainder trust, you get distributions and and you'll pay tax on the distributions that come to you but you can as a whole it will in theory dramatically reduce what what your tax bill would be but it just has lots of terms and conditions and people don't feel comfortable with it but i'm not saying that it should it should it will work for the right people if you want, just reach out to me and I'll introduce you to some of the attorneys that we work with that can walk you through it. And you f- can figure out if it's the right fit for you. The last two where we have a lot of conversations with uh, with clients would be Puerto Rico and actual renunciation or expatriation. So Puerto Rico, there are, is, I mean, this is, is kind of popular right now. Actually, I think I saw... A video clip on Fox Business a few days ago. So a few days back, I remember seeing something on Fox Business about Puerto Rico. So uh, a lot, uh, you know, media. But a lot of uh, crypto investors are making their way to Puerto Rico because, as I mentioned, regardless of where you go, you will be subject to tax on your worldwide income. And you know, the IRS sees no difference between Detroit and Dubai. You're going to be taxed all the same but the exception is Puerto Rico. You can enjoy uh, a a reduced tax bill if some people are able to to bring it down to even zero, depending on how you structure it. So the attractiveness is there. The downside is you have to really move to Puerto Rico. You can't pretend you can't, you know, your center of life needs to be Puerto Rico. If that's right for you, the opportunities there. Last but not least would be expatriation, which is where we get involved. We do probably two or three per month. These are people giving up their passport or their green cards. Yes, depending on how well their crypto portfolio may be doing, they may incur an exit tax, but. If it is that you're really bullish on crypto, some people make the decision that, hey, it's better to pay an exit tax now. And at least whatever the upside is, once I leave, it'll be free and clear of taxes. So it's up to you. But essentially, you're looking at loss harvesting, long-term capital gains, opportunity zones, charitable remainder trust, protocol, and expatriation. So those are your six options. Hope that helps.